Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back to Police Pod Talk. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend like I did. And this time of the year, we're creeping up on Halloween. And I just happen to have a special guest on the other end of the line. And I've got Lynn Gottman. Lynn, you can say hello to the listeners out there. Hello, everyone. All right. (laughs) Lynn, I really appreciate you being here. Uh, The the big thing I love about it is you're a police officer. And uh, you're on Police Pod Talk. But the other thing of it is, like I said, we're close to Halloween, but I mean, you've got a story to tell our listeners out there, and uh, hopefully they're not too afraid to hear it, but uh, this is good stuff around this time of the year. Lynn, again, thank you very much for being here today, getting a chance to talk with you, but I'm going to let you describe your life, and then we're going to get into the creepy part about it. Well, your entire career is creepy, but... (laughs) Absolutely, it really is. (laughs) But I'm going to let you describe your life a little bit, let the listeners know who you are, and then we'll get into the creepiness. Go right ahead, Lynn. All right. Well, so I've been a a police officer for 20 years now in uh, Ohio. I did six years on patrol. Then I went to our homicide unit as a crime scene investigator. So that's where I've been for the last 14 years is in our crime scene unit. Mm -hmm. Like I said, that's creepy enough right there. Uh, it, absolutely. <laughs> Go right ahead. Sorry about that. <laughs> like I said, I just, uh, for the last 14 years, I've been doing crime scene work. It's really been the police department's only been the second job in my life. Um, before that, I was working at McDonald's for 18 years. So wow. I think every one of us is probably some point in our life has probably worked for McDonald's. Right, right. <laughs> as a teenager or whatever. <laughs> right. So what made you go from that to working on the police department? How did that happen? So I've always wanted to be a police officer for my entire life. I, as a matter of fact, my lunchbox for uh, when I was in kindergarten was those, you know, the old metal ones. See, now I'm aging myself. The yeah. old metal ones with the, the thermos inside, what well, was Adam 12? Oh, my goodness. One Adam 12. See the man. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my. I love that show. That and Emergency. I mean, yeah. those two were the ones I had to sit down and watch and in front of the TV when I was little. Oh my goodness! And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the lunchbox. One of the the guys that runs the museum, uh, the police police and fire museum. He wanted the the lunchbox and was like, I would love to put that in our police museum. So that's where it's at right now. Because I figured if I it was sitting here at home, it would just get right. damaged or lost or something. So oh man, <laughs> I'm it's telling- in a safe place now. Yeah, they actually have the reruns on TV for uh, One Adam 12 and Dragnet. Dragnet is the other one that I used to watch. Oh, my God. (laughs) I got to find those, especially the Adam 12. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've watched every one of them on the – it's some channel. I think it's called My TV or something. I'm not sure, but I have seen every one of them. They've done reruns after reruns. I've watched every one of them. I love those. I love that show. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But I'm sorry. So, I'm, I'm getting into, yeah, you're one Adam 12. Oh, no, that's fine. No, I, I like I said, from from when I was little, as a matter of fact, my brother, he had, whenever we would play cops and robbers, I always had to be the cop. Right, right. Never wanted to be the big guy. I always wanted to be the cop. <laughs> so he made me this little badge, 
like it was more like a police ID, like we carry now. Right. And he had my picture on it, and he wrote down the police department and made up all all kinds of stuff. Well, that's in my police file now because I remember when they hired me, I I bought that with me and showed it to them, and they were like, "Can we can we keep that and put that in your personnel jacket?" And I'm like, "Yeah, go ahead." So that's where that's at. <laughs> your first police ID, yeah. Yeah, that's right. My probably about six years old oh my goodness <laughs> so then you when you were working at mcdonald's i'm sure there was probably a call for police officers right well you know i i think the thing for me was is that i just thought because i was a female um you know i was five foot four 120 pounds i'm like man i'd be thrown around like a rag doll and you didn't really see a lot of female police officers right you know at least i didn't and then we went to an event downtown and I saw this small little police officer working, and I'm like, oh, if she can do it, I can do it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, she's in a crowd of thousands of people at this event, and I'm like, uh, I'm going for it. And I told my husband, I, I said, I'm I'm going to follow my, my dream. This is what I've always wanted to do. And yeah. I've always wanted to be a crime scene investigator. I mean, because Quincy was another one of my heroes, yeah. too. I mean, yeah. he was everything. Right. He right. was like the the coroner, the yep. crime scene investigator, the right. lawyer. I mean, I, he like did it all. <laughs> so I knew where I wanted to go. And I think that was the pivotal turning point for me. Hmm. And then from that point on, I started it. I think it was in 1997. I was trying to get on the police department. And for like the first year, I, I thought, well, you know, I need to start running. So I started running every day, which was probably a big mistake because I ran every day and I ended up stress fracturing my ankle about three weeks before the tryouts for the police academy. Wow. So they put me in a leg cast and I'm like, oh no. So I cut it off the day before the test against my doctor's will. Right. <laughs> and I uh, went and ran the, back then we had to run a, a mile and a half. Right. I think mile it and was. Yep. And you had to, and I think you had to do it. <clears throat> leave it was six minutes something like that and then i i did it in six minutes and 10 seconds with a broken ankle because i rebroke it i rebroke it and we had to jump these tires and right, i remember right. i i kept right. saying i'm gonna lead off my bad foot land on my good foot well i did the total opposite and mm. when i came down on it i came down on it sideways and i just heard it crack oh boy they all knew it and by that time i had a bunch of the recruit advisors running with me which is really kind of cool because they knew i'd rebroke it so they were like, didn't you have a leg cast on like a week ago? And I'm like, oh, I sure did. I just I cut it off last night. Oh, my. I'm like, you are crazy. <laughs> so with that being said, did you have to bail out on that one and come back the next year? Uh, yeah, came back the next year. And it was it took four years to finally make it on. Wow. But the thing of it was is that I had given up. Uh, the, the fourth year, they I, I just didn't make the cut again. I said, well, that's it. I'm not, I'm not going to do it anymore and this is where one of the creepy parts happens because i have a lot of dreams where they come true okay. or i get messages get messages in my dreams that i don't really fully understand well my aunt who has passed my husband's cousin who was just recently at that time killed in a car accident they both came to me in my dream and said you know this is a mistake you need to go for it right just you need to continue on so i woke up that morning i was like man that was a weird dream so I decided I was going to fight it, and I went to the civil service exam, and I went down and fought to get reinstated, and four days later, I got a letter in the mail saying I was reinstated, and from there, it was history. Really? 
Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So I just followed what was in my dream and said, well, if that's what they're telling me, I'm going to do it. Hmm. And well, there, there you go. This is, there, this is where I'm at. Yeah. So how many officers are on the uh, police department where you're at in Ohio? Does... We are we are under compliment. Usually we're a little over a thousand and I think we're at 900 right now. we got a lot of retirements happening at the time. So. Wow. That's a lot. we got a couple classes going on. So. Wow. That is a lot. That's a lot. And you're, you're at, you're at 20 years, 20 years of law enforcement, right? Yes. Well, congratulations making that 20. Everybody wants to get to that 20 mark. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And it's flown by. I can't even believe it. (laughs) Yeah. Now, somebody probably told you that when you first came on and said, hey, these 20 years are going to go by real fast, right? They did. Yeah. They did. And I didn't believe them. I'm like, okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing that too. (laughs) Whatever you say. (laughs) Yeah. One day at a time. It's like, yeah, right. (laughs) And there's always. Here we are 20 years later. I'm like, man, where did the time go? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, 20 years on, you're doing great. And all of a sudden, uh, this whole pandemic thing hits. And start telling what happened. So, we had a bunch of downtime. And, well, we were still busy. Our homicide rate was the highest it's ever been. And so I was constantly staying busy, but when I got home, you know, there wasn't much to do. You know, you couldn't go out anywhere. Everything was closed and stuff like that. So we've been having a bunch of paranormal experiences since my son was born 31 years ago. And people have always told me, you should write a book about it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, I I got to stop you there. I got to stop you. What is kind of experiences were you having? uh, Paranormal. So spirits. So things get, happening in the house, things getting moved, shadow figures. In your in the, in the house you're living in, in the home you're in, this was happening. Right. Well, it started. It started like when my son was first born in 1990. Okay. That's pretty much like when our first experience happened of shadow figures in in our, in our apartment. He would, my son would wake up in the middle of the night and what they call, and he would be screaming at the top of his lungs. And he was about one and a half, two-ish. You would go in the room and he would just be screaming, but he would be looking at something in the corner. And when you would go to pick him up, he would look like over your shoulder, like there was something else there. Wow. Just scream. Well, he wasn't able to verbalize it because right. he wasn't talking at the time. So... You know, my doctors, his doctors were just like, they're just night terrors. Just let them cry it through. And I'm like, well, we live in an apartment building. Sounds like I'm murdering my child. I can't let him scream like that. Right, so, right. You know, it was a bad look for me. Right, right. And and uh, you were a police officer at this time, right? No, no, no. I was oh, not a police officer at this okay. time. I, this is this is going way back. This is 1990. Okay. 92, whenever he was like about two years old. So when we... Moved from there, and we moved to a house. All right. And in the book, I call it the Oakland house. And that is when we realized that he was seeing spirits. Because every morning, he would come down at 3.30 in the morning and just stand at the side of the bed and go, Mommy, there's a lady in my room. I mean, no one tells you when you're going to have kids that, you know, hey, they possibly could see spirits. You know, this is not something that's like (laughs) in a parent handbook. (laughs) So okay. what, do you, what do you do with that? You're like, okay, there's there's no lady in your room. It's okay. And then my husband would go upstairs and then he would tuck him back in bed and do the closet check, do under the bed check. And 
walk around the room with them and tell them, see, there's no lady in the room. And my son would look his shoulder like there was something there. And at that point, my husband felt a hand on his shoulder. Whoa. (laughs) And he whipped around and there was no one there. And he picked him up and grabbed him and ran down the steps. And that was the last time that he'd ever spent a night in that room. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. (laughs) So and here I am pregnant with my daughter at the time. Uh Uh-huh. You know, we were like, what's going on? And just, you would see, sh- then we started seeing shadow figures. Like you would, we would be watching TV and you would see a, a shadow as clear as day, just from our kitchen, you could see it walking and, and leaving a shadow on the floor. And then my husband, of course, would jump up and run in there. And, you know, we were scared to death because we thought somebody came in the back door. You know, so those are the type of things that were happening. Wait, wait, you both were seeing this, right? Oh, the, so so now we're, we're all seeing it. We're seeing the things that we would never see her as a full figure right. like he was. Like he could he could see her. Right. And he would say it was a woman. So the thing that I guess solidified it was we had a, a friend of ours who her husband was stationed overseas. So mm-hmm. she was going to move back to Ohio. Right. So it was her and her daughter. And we said, you know, Hey, she, you can stay here with us. And, you know, at this time, you know, I'm not even thinking about my son, not sleeping upstairs in his room. All I'm thinking is he's got a bedroom upstairs that they could sleep in. And she had a, she also had a three-year-old at the time and I was having a bad pregnancy. So I was off of work. I was like, well, I, I can watch, you know, your daughter and you know, why you go to work and stuff like that. So we're hearing a dog barking in the background. That's not, that's nothing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was hoping, I was hoping I was hearing that. There's a a delivery outside and (laughs) (laughs) those are my guard dogs. (laughs) Okay. Are you telling the story? I'm hoping I'm hearing what I'm hearing. Like, okay. No, you are hearing dogs. (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting to hear things. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure. Oh, that's Okay. (laughs) So she she comes to stay with us, her and her little girl, and uh, we put them upstairs. And um, the next day, I'm or you know weeks after or whatever, you know everything's kind of quiet, nothing's going on. We're we're kind of forgetting about all the things that are going on in the house because they weren't wasn't every day, but most days, if that makes sense. Right. My son used to like to play in the sink, and we had a double sink, so I used to fill up the water on one side, and he would have his little toys in there on the other side of the sink. He's like, you know, Mommy, you want to play in the sink? So he's grabbing all of his toys, and I'm walking down the hallway with him while the sink turns on by itself. I'm like halfway down the hallway, going into the kitchen, and I see the water faucet turn on. Oh, boy. He goes, he looks up at me, and he says, see, Mommy, there she is. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. I just grabbed the two of them like footballs under each arm and just ran out the front door. My husband's at work. Oh, man. I am just petrified. And I'm outside, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, the sink's still running. <laughs> I've got to go back in there. I'm going to have a house full of water. Right. I'm scared to death to go back inside. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> so... I don't tell anybody about that immediately because I'm like, I, t- I tell my husband, but I don't tell the friend that's staying with me. Right. And, and they're upstairs and her daughter was running a slight fever. Mm-hmm. The next morning she comes down and she was like, thanks for checking on, you know, my daughter last night. Oh. And I said, what? And she was like, yeah, you came up to her came up to the room and that was so sweet of you. You were just, you were checking on her. I saw you feel her forehead for her fever. And I'm like, 
no, I haven't been in that room in like six months. Mm. And she was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I told her oh, boy. What, what had been happening up in that room. And that was the last night they spent there and she moved. <laughs> so. Oh, man, this is unreal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so have you ever spoken to her since then? <laughs> uh, no, I, she moved again. Right. And we haven't kept in contact. It was a, a high school friend of my husband. So Jeez. I had just kind of met her. I mean, I, I, I knew of her. Wow. So uh, I was like, yeah, that, that, that was the end of that stay. Oh, my goodness. So this is, this is when your son's like two, three years old, right? He's three at this point, yes. Okay. And then he's able to verbalize and tell us what he's seeing. Right, right. And although I couldn't see her standing at the sink, I could see the the water turn on by itself. I could see the faucet move from mm. the, you know, one side of the sink to the other that he used to like to play in. Right, right. Um. So. So what happened we, after all this? <laughs> I end up like, who do who do you call? I mean, this is back, you know, when we had the yellow pages, and I'm like, this is this is before all these ghost adventure shows and all these paranormal shows that you see on TV now, this is, um, you know, we're talking the nineties. So there wasn't all those shows on and I'm thinking, who, who do, who do I call? Right. And I'm just like flipping through the, the phone book and saw this number for a psychic medium. And I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to call her. So I call this lady, she comes out and she brings another guy with, with her. And immediately, like when she gets out of the car, like you can just see her reading the house like she's getting this vibe from the house we're standing on the porch waiting for him yeah she comes in and she sees that i'm pregnant and she was like oh no you can't you cannot be in here while we do this because you have a an unborn soul is how she explained it she let me do the walkthrough in the house with her and i'm you know this woman was point on she walked in the house and she was immediately drawn into the kitchen and then to the landing at the where my son stayed, you know, going up the steps. Right. And we're like a train. We're all like following behind her real close because we don't want to miss a thing that she's saying. Right, right. And she gets to the hallway where it leads up to my son's room and she stops. And we're all like piling into one another because <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear what she has to say. Right, right. And she looks at the bottom of the landing and she says, this is where she died. And I'm like, we're just like looking at each other like, this is crazy. Like, what is she talking about? This is where she died. So she starts going up the hallway and she's got both hands as she's touching the walls. Right. She's kind of like rubbing the walls and she looks over to her left and it's, that's all wallpaper. And she says, underneath this wallpaper, the, the paint is yellow. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. We're renting this house. I have no idea. Right. So you get up to the top of the steps and... She looks into Zian's room and then she looks to, to, to the right. There's like a bathroom. So like if you're going up the steps, his room's to the left. There's a bathroom to the right. Mm -hmm. There's a hall closet right at the top of the steps. So she goes into my son's room. She was like, this is where it happened. She was like, she started explaining how this woman died in this house. She started having chest pains. This was her sewing room. She used to sew up here. Mm. She got to the top of the steps. I guess she had the heart attack, fell at, fell down the steps, and then she 
she died at the bottom of steps, but because she didn't have immediate family that lived around here, she laid there. She was dead for two weeks before she was found. Wow. That was a story we were given. She even went into the bathroom upstairs and said this was her sewing room or her closet where she kept all her sewing stuff. I'm like, no, this has always been a bathroom that I, that I know of. And after she leaves, well, they do a cleansing of the house. And that's when she made me, me leave the house because I was pregnant with my daughter. Right. I call my landlord and I'm like, hey, you know, did somebody die in this house? Uh, a female named Virginia. And she said, oh, my God. She was like, I am so sorry. Is, is the smell starting to come through? I, you know, I guess because she was laying there dead for a while, you know, and now I, as a police officer that works in homicide, when there's a body that lays there for that long, it's going to leave a smell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's what she was talking about. And I was like, no, that's <laughs> there's no smell. But there as I, and I had already peeled the wallpaper and, and it was yellow underneath, just oh, like she said. Wow. So I asked her about the upstairs and if that the bathroom that was up there, did that used to be an old walk-in closet with sewing stuff? And she was like, how did you know this? Oh, man. I tell her what's going on and she starts laughing at me and she says, oh, I've heard people trying to get out of rent before, but this is a good one. What? <laughs> I'm like, no, this is, I'm not trying to get out of paying rent. <laughs> These are the things that are going on in my house. Mm. So I, I guess while they were renovating the house, her sons had lived there. And uh, when they bought the house and then they were going to rent it out, right. her son stayed there while the house was being fixed up. Well, the one, she asked them both if anything has ever happened in that house. And they told her that the one son said, I couldn't sleep upstairs. I start sleeping on the couch because the lights would come on. They would go off and... Mm. Wow. I would hear walking up there. And, huh. and then it, when we moved from there, we came to the house that we're in now. Well, wait, before you get into that, I got to ask you a question. When, sure. When you're explaining to her all the things that are going on in the house and all the things, does she ever wonder, how did you know these things versus she, you're trying to just get out of paying your rent? Right. And, and she, and I, and I told her, and I guess to her, she just, all of that went to the wayside when, I, I told her about the medium because, you know, people didn't people didn't know about mediums. Oh, right, 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 right. Back then, I, I mean, it was it wasn't something that you hear about like now. And there's so many of them that are running around and some of them, you know, right. are scam artists. But right. you get some that are truly legit like this lady. I mean, this is before you had Google. Right. And you couldn't Google my house. I mean, she was there within an hour of the time I called her. So there was no way for her to look into my house. And and believe me, since I've become a police officer, I mm -hmm. have looked into that house. And there is no way you can find out the things about that house that she knew. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. You moved into a new house now. So, so yeah. So we moved from there and we're here for the last 20 years, the house that we we own, we bought, my son was starting to see things here. So at this time he's 10 and I remember him coming downstairs one day and he said, mom, there's a little girl in my room and she's hiding underneath my desk. And I'm like, uh, first off, why is there a little girl in your room? Where does she live? And I need 
to call her mom. Right, <laughs> and he's right. like, no, mom, it's a spirit. And I'm like, oh, my God, here we go again. <laughs> so he so, he knew. He knew it was a spirit. Right. Wow. Go, go ahead. So, <laughs> so you know, so then we start seeing, I, I'd say for the, for the first couple years while we're here, my husband and I have never really experienced anything, but my son was, but he wasn't, he wasn't telling us. Okay. And my daughter has never seen anything. Now she said she would always get creeped out in his room and she would shut her bedroom door because she felt more at ease. Right. But she's never seen the things that we've seen here in this house. Okay. So, 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 so it started with that when he started telling us about the little girl and then, mm-hmm. you know, my husband and I would be sitting on the couch. My kids would be up in their room sleeping, you know, ready for school, you know, to, to go to school for the next day. And we would see a, sh- a shadow come down. So like if you come down their step, our steps, it would lead right out the back door. Right. And you would see a shadow as clear as day go right out the back door. The door wouldn't open. And we're looking at each other like, did you just see that? Yeah, I saw that. So then we're upstairs checking on the kids. Like, did one of them just come down and use the bathroom? Or And they're still up there sleeping. So that's where we started to see things hmm. and hear things that, you know, you'd be the only one in the house and you would hear your name called. Um, but you're the only one here. Now, I know we all go through that where you think you heard somebody call your name. Right. But it happens a lot, especially when when you're alone here in this house. So as the years have been going on, are you guys just like getting used to this? Or I I don't think I would be staying. I I would have moved right when they said the little girl under the desk. I would have been gone. Right. Yeah, you would think that. But it seems like so this is our third place. And everywhere we've been, this has happened. So you have to start to wonder okay, my son was born with a gift. And I think we have the gift too, as far as being able to see spirits. Right. We're just not as well in tune with it as he is. Hmm. Because like I said, I've, I've always had the weird dreams and I've had those since, since I was a child. Right. I have dreams that are warnings that back then I didn't know what, what they were. Right. Like, for example, if I go back for when I, to when I was six, we used to play this game called Rock Monster. So my mom and dad had some company over and they were playing cards, poker, whatever it was down in the living room. And all of us kids, so there was five of us and I was the youngest. And we would play this game called Rock Monster where you put this sleeping bag or a cover or whatever over your head and you will walk around and try to find your siblings that were hiding. Right. It's my turn now. And I used to have these dreams all the time, I don't know, hundreds of times, of an angel at the top of the steps, and I would be at the bottom of the steps, and she would just be this like glowing figure just looking down at me. But that, And that's all it was. That's right. the end of the dream. Mm-hmm. I had that, oh God, hundreds of times. Well, leading up to the rock monster thing, it's my turn, and my foot slips over the top of the steps, and I roll all the way down the steps. Hmm. And they thought... I was dead. I wasn't moving. I was still in my little sleeping bag. Right. And then I got up and started playing the part and was like, Rrr. and they were like, oh my gosh, she's okay. <laughs> but I never had that dream again after that. Huh. It wasn't until I started writing this book that, that my mom and I were talking about it. And I said, do you think that could have been one of those dreams? Because I never had that dream ever again. And 
So I, I think as early as six years old, I was having those, but I didn't know what they were. Oh, my goodness. So did you, I'm sure you've shared this at work, right, with your police buddies. Well, I, I have, and some of them look at you like you're crazy, and they, <laughs> and they laugh at you, and I go, okay. And then they, they would play pranks on me because I was, I was on the night shift for, like, my mom and dad both had terminal illnesses, so I worked night so I could be there to help them out during the day while my brothers and sisters had day jobs. I would do a lot of their grocery shopping and stop over the house, and then I would go into work. But things were happening to me at work, and I was the only one that worked the night shift. And then I would have a rotating partner sometimes. Give me, give me an example of what was happening on the night shift while you were working. So for one example, uh, one of the guys that was working nights with me, I had been hearing and seeing things in the office for a long time, whether it be a shadow in the lab, knowing that I'm the only one there. And you, you used to have to punch in a code to get into our lab right. that we worked in. Right. So not anybody could just come in there. And I know it's just me and him and we're sitting there. We're both sitting there. And I've always heard a little girl laughing in the office, especially when I was working at night. But when I would tell people about it, they would laugh at me. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cops. Yeah. And, we do yeah. That. They, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like her lens losing. She maybe we, we, we should just, you know, go on. So anyway, we're sitting there and we're looking at fingerprints and I hear a little girl giggle. I don't move. I just keep doing my work because I've always heard it. Well, he jumps up and he's like, did you just hear that? Ah. Uh -huh. And I'm like, the, the little girl laughing. And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, she does that all the time. And he was like, I'm out of here. And <laughs> he left and he left the building for about an hour and he came back. He was so spooked. So it was, it was nice to have a validation. I had somebody <laughs> who actually heard what I've been hearing that used to call me crazy. Right, right. <laughs> and he heard it himself. So to uh, me, that was like, that's great. Yeah. You just kept right on working. <laughs> I did. I just, I just kept right on working because I'm used to this stuff by now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you said you... What what made you decide to write a book about all of this? I guess in 2014, I just start keeping notes of everything that was happening because it was happening at work and it was happening at home. So we would just kind of write things down. Every time something happened, I would just turn on the computer and I would put in there what happened and the date. And so when COVID hit um, and there was so much downtime, I just started typing it out like a journal. I was just like, Putting on, and especially with the experiences that are happening in this house, I was like, you know, I really need to, I'm just going to go ahead and I just sat down at the computer to start typing one day and just start typing up a story. And I just kind of made it into a story. I went way back. Right. Started from my childhood, who I was, when our son was born, how our lives have changed because of the things that he saw, then we could see. It's been going on ever since. And as a matter of fact, when I was, we were, we were doing renovations. We decided to renovate the whole first floor of our house during COVID. And I knew that just from reading a lot of books and the shows that I watch, you know, I like to watch a lot of paranormal shows and stuff like that, that when you start renovations, that's when activity picks up because the spirits that are living with you don't like uh, change because mm -hmm. you're changing. There's, 
their space that they're used to. Right. Or that they're connected to their energy. So we had a, we had a talk with them and told them that, you know, we're, we're changing the house, but we're trying to make it for the better. But I, we sealed up that back door that I was talking about. Remember when I told you the shadow would come out and it would go out the back door. Right. Well, we were going to expand our kitchen, knock down a wall, making it open concept, put a bar in between the kitchen and the dining room. Right. And the window that was in the dining room, we made into a sliding glass door. So we knocked out that window, but we covered up the door that the man spirit used to like to go in and out. Right. And I was like, what is going to happen when we do that? And so we called a paranormal team over. A friend of ours knew somebody who goes out and I guess they they work for the travel channel, Mm -hmm. but they, that's how they get these shows like ghost adventures, ghost hunters is they, they do the field work. And if it's good enough for TV, then they want to, then they want to air it. Right. So they, they send paranormal investigators over and that's what we did here is we had them come to the house and they had a medium like the one that came to Oakland, the Oakland house. And he came in, but they call him and they get here, they set up and they call him an hour before and say, this is the address you're going to, because they don't want him to know where he's going. Right. Okay. So he can't do any type of looking into the house. Like we, even the field investigators who came here didn't want to know what was going on in the house. Right. They, they told us flat out, we're going to come there, but we don't want you telling us anything about what you're experiencing or anything. So before the renovations, we had them come here. The husband and wife, which was Lee and Patty, they came to the house. Then they called their friend Jim, and then he came. And as soon as Jim walked in, he said, I don't want to know anything. But he was immediately drawn to my son's room. And at this point, my son had already moved out and bought a house. And he took everything in his room except for the desk that the little girl hides under. He did not want to take that with him. Right. When he, he's like, I want to go upstairs. And he was immediately drawn up there and he went upstairs and he walked across the room, turned around, looked at the desk. And he said, there's a little girl underneath the desk. We were blown away. Like, I mean, what do you say to that? I mean, we've never, we didn't tell these people anything, Hmm. but he immediately saw that there was a little girl hiding under the desk. And then he talked about a tall man that lived here. But he felt that the man was more connected to the land and not the house. Huh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And then so so from there, he goes down into our basement because he was drawn to the basement. And I had an experience in the basement that I didn't tell you about. But I was down there doing laundry one day. And this is probably two, three years ago. We have an unfinished basement. My husband has a train set and stuff down there and my laundry room. So I'm down there and I'm switching clothes into the dryer with my empty laundry basket, which is, you know, the, the big tall ones. Right. It flies across a room about, well, not flies across the room, but it, it, it gets thrown about three feet. Okay. While I'm loading my laundry. And I just said, I'm not picking that up <laughs> to the spirit. I'm, I'm like, I'm, cause that's where I'm at right now. I'm so, we're so used to it. I'm like, I am not picking that up. <laughs> and I marched upstairs. Well, needless to say, he didn't pick it up either. But when the medium went downstairs, Jim, he was like, oh, he's an honorary one. And he looks over at the, the laundry area. And he goes, yeah, he likes to hang out here. And I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's wow. true. Holy cow. So, so when, they, when they come out and they check your house, I mean, even like you said, the Oakland house, and they told you what happened there, when they came out to check your home before you renovated anything, 
Did they tell you what happened or who these people might be? He was, um, he said he couldn't put his finger on the little girl, but they do these things that are called, uh, you know what EVPs are? No. It's, it's an electronic voice phenomenon. It's when you have a digital recorder, like we carry at work sometimes. Right. You turn it on and you ask questions and you leave a space in between to let something answer. So if there's a spirit, they're supposed to be able to be able to talk through that. Okay. So we got about 10 EVPs. They ask the man what his name is. And there's a few times where we heard Leonard. So now going back to looking into this property, back in the 1800s, I do find that our plot sits on, there's a initials of A-U-L William. But I don't know what the A-U and the L stands for. But we did get Leonard. So I'm wondering if that's him, the property owner of this land that our house now sits on because we're where we live used to be all farmland back right. then so the plot that we sit on that's as close as i've come to trying to find out who maybe leonard is or maybe we heard the name wrong i i don't know hmm. but i call him i call him leonard in my book so nothing from the little girl yeah he said she was too shy she didn't want to talk he couldn't get we couldn't get a name um so I, I don't know. I, that's something we're still looking into. I haven't found any. I do know back in the, the 70s when I was little and we used to walk to school. I live right across the street from the school, the grade school that I used to go to as a child. Right. When we would walk to school, there was a house that burnt down directly behind my house on the street behind us. And three little girls were killed in that fire. That's the closest connection I can come up with who that may be. And maybe because my son is open is why she connected to him. Right, right. I, I don't know. But I mean, those are just things that we've been looking into. So you, you said that your son has grown. He's moved out, got his own place, right? Right. Is he experiencing any of this where he's living at now? He is. Mm. <laughs> yes. Uh, they fir he first moved into an apartment after he left here, and he was there for about maybe a couple years almost. Right. But his um, <laughs> there goes the dogs again. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> That's that, those are the dogs. Okay. He said uh, somebody gave him a fruitcake for Christmas at his work, and so he set it on the counter. And then he went in. And he was watching TV, and he heard a thud on the floor, and he walked in. And that fruitcake was laying on the middle of the floor and he was home alone. <laughs> okay. So obviously who was ever with him didn't like fruitcake and threw it on the floor. <laughs> Not too many people do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I hear you. <laughs> so with all this going on, nothing, no one has ever been harmed. Your family's never been harmed by no. anything. No. And I've never felt like uncomfortable. I mean, well, you feel uncomfortable because that's the whole reason I wrote the, the name of the, the book is walking alone with the paranormal. Mm -hmm. Because even though we're experiencing it as a family, you feel alone. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 You're living with a complete stranger in your own home. And mm -hmm. no matter where we've been and all my husband's has said, said a million times while you've been here, I think he gets freaked out the most and he's like, we're moving. <laughs> That's it. We're moving. I'm like, why? Because everywhere we've been, it's followed us. Right. Or if it didn't follow us, it's what's ever here knows that they can speak through us or try to get our attention because 
we're able to see and hear things. Hmm. Yeah, true. Now, what about your daughter? Is she still in the house with you guys? No, she's she's got her own home. And it's funny because after we did the renovations, I was hanging our very first picture. And my husband hung it on the wall for me. And we were talking about the book. I just completed it. I wasn't planning on publishing it. It was never my goal. It was just something like a journal for our family. Right. And then a a few people read it and were like, oh, this is a great book. So you you really should publish it. So I did. But anyway, she's in here and we were talking about like how come she's never had experiences. She's like, yeah, I've just never. She's like, I felt creepier. The hair on the back of my neck would stand up, but I've never heard and seen the things that you have or Zian or my husband. Right. I'm like, yeah, that's really weird. Well, at that point, the picture flips up off the wall, and it's a big three three foot by three foot picture. Uh huh. It's a canvas, and it flipped up off the wall, and it rolled behind my desk, or my roll of desk that I have down here. Right, right. And we both just looked at each other in utter shock. The <laughs> hook had come off the wall too, and it was one of those glue ones. So I'm like, okay, that probably just fell on its own. I can't explain how the square picture rolled, mm-hmm. you know, three times, but mm. I'll I'll put it back up. And if it comes down again, then that, that was Leonard. So I put it back up. And just as I turn my back and say, now, if that comes off the wall, then it's Leonard for sure. And it came right off the wall again. Oh, my goodness. But the hook was still there. So it came up and off the hook. Right. So that's the first experience that she's ever had at the age of 27. Wow. And she was just shocked, like the look in her face, oh because my. it was the first thing that she had vividly seen, like with her own eyes Oh man! of that picture coming off the wall. So when my husband came home and we told him about it, he went downstairs and got a nail and nailed it into the wall. And he's like, he ain't getting that off. <laughs> and, and there it sat ever since. <laughs> oh man, that's okay. So since the time uh, you've written this book, well, let me back it up even better than this because this would be good for the listeners. Has anything happened here in the last like week or so, or even before you contacted me? <laughs> anything new? Yes. Okay. Yes. Go right ahead. It's Halloween. So the <laughs> so we watch TV together, my husband and I, because now we're empty nesters. We'll just be sitting here watching maybe a show or whatever. Right. And the TV and the TV just turned off. And I was like, turn that back on. And he looked at me and he goes, who are you talking to? And I'm like, who else am I talking to? It must be Leonard. I was like, oh, we were watching that. Turn the TV back on. And it came on. Oh, stop. (laughs) You got to stop. (laughs) I'm with your husband. It's time to move. (laughs) Oh, Oh, there's no way. (laughs) So you've gotten used to just talking back to him, telling him what you want. But your husband, yes. he's still got his running shoes on. He's ready to go. Oh, he's ready to go. Bags packed. He's 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 got a little emergency bag. Like I'm out. <laughs> I am on his side. You know. And, and, you know. You and I both know, as police officers, you try to tell this to another cop, okay? And yucky said they think you're crazy. Oh, absolutely. That's why I, that was the hardest part for me. I, I sat on that that book for a year. Mm. I had it. I sent it off to an editor when I decided I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. But I sat on that book for a good nine months Mm. before I decided I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to what's what's the worst that can happen? No one buys it. I mean, (laughs) 
uh, you know, it's out there. If somebody wants to read it, it's there. Oh, um, if they believe in those things. <laughs> well, you, you keep saying the book. Come on. How many opportunities have you had to just keep throwing the name of the book out? You just keep saying the book. Come on. Go ahead and tell the, the name book. of the book. <laughs> Walking Alone with the Paranormal. Okay. <laughs> and then and then on, on the cover of the book is actually, uh, it's a painting that my grandpa did when he was uh, in his 90s. Uh, my grandmother had passed quite a few years before that. Mm -hmm. And he painted a picture of him alone walking down a path with trees on both sides. Right. And he's walking alone. And that's, it was a perfect picture cover for my book. Actually, I had it tattooed on my arm. I had it tattooed on my arm like right. three years ago. Right. So the cover of the book's already tattooed on my arm. Hmm. Now it's the cover of my book. Right. He died when he was uh, he was 102. Now, how do you know? Well, you don't know. This could have been something that they were experiencing or he was experiencing when he was growing up. It could have been. I Yeah. I, I don't know. Something in the family. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, I do. I do know my cousin. At the time he came to visit here, his because his wife had just passed away and he wanted to give me something from her. Well, he bought his 16-year-old son, and it was the first time I had ever met his son, Nick, because, you know, people were doing their own things, their lives, you know, I'm busy at work, and we just, you know, I knew of his kids, I just had never met them in person. Right. He bought Nick with him, and we're sitting on the couch, and we're talking. He keeps looking away from me and looking into our dining room, and then finally he said, I'm sorry. He said, but that man standing in the doorway is very distracting. Wow. And I was like, you see him? And he was like, oh, yeah. <sighs> and then he described him, which is the same description that a year ago when uh, the paranormal team came here, the same exact description that he gave. So they both saw the same man. Oh, my goodness. So I think it <clears throat> may run in the family. Mm hmm. Sounds like it. It's just, it's, it's mind boggling. Yeah. It sounds to me like you need to have a family reunion at your house. That's a big sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And don't tell anybody anything. Just say, hey, we got to do this. It's something we want to try and see how many of them <laughs> tell the same. Oh man, that is something. Yes. <laughs> I, I have another one that'll blow your socks off. Oh, go right ahead. <laughs> so I see, I see signs like um, my number I'm going to put it out. My badge number is 286, okay? Mm -hmm. So I see it all the time, like right before something's going to happen. Going back to when I was 16, my mom's driving down the street. She goes by the cemetery, and she points out a tree in the cemetery, and she's like, that's where me and your dad's going to be buried. I just bought that plot. I'm like, I'm just, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, who, who wants to hear that when you're 16? Like, I, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't care, Mom. That's morbid. Yeah. My dad in 2015... He passed away from Parkinson's. Okay. So we went to the gravesite. My mom was like, I can't remember the the plot number. And he said, it's 286. Mm. And I lost it. I just start crying. So as we're walking up to the grave site, I'm looking down and I'm stepping over headstones. And I get to a headstone and it says Virginia. And it was the Virginia that lived in our home. Same last name. She is exactly four plots down from my dad. Wow. So, I mean, I don't believe in coincidences. I've mm. never believed in a coincidence. I just feel like 
I don't know, like, Mm-mm. no, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, it's, it's still mind blowing to me. Mm-mm. And, and my, and my son, the first three digits of his social security numbers, two, eight, six. I mean, it's just, there's oh. just all these, oh my, all these things. And it's like, you, you just can't overlook it. Right, right, right. Okay. So do you ever play the lottery? <laughs> With that two eight six, I need to play two eight six, don't I? <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> and we have been playing the lottery at work, uh, you know, because it was up to what, like five hundred sixty million, right, and all right. of us, all those cops were putting in our two bucks, you know, because yeah. no one wanted to be the last man standing if you know we did win. That's right. <laughs> so you're, you're yeah. kind of like, okay, I'll throw my two dollars in, even though we're not going to win. You got you got at least put in two dollars and eighty six cents, you know. <laughs> There you go. I never even thought about that. <laughs> Tell him I, I want that 86 cents to go in also. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is this is unreal. I'm telling you what, I, I think I believe this probably happens and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You believe this happens to a lot of people and they just don't tell anybody? Oh, absolutely, because it's a stigma. I mean when you when you talk about it. The reaction is, is you're crazy. Right. And now it's not as bad today oh, yeah, as yeah. it was back in the 90s when we, when this all first started for us. Because back right. then people really thought you were Looney Tunes. Right. And, uh, you know, except for my neighbors back then, because we would all be gone and, you know, our neighbor would be like, yeah, there, your lights were just flickering off and on upstairs in, you know, your son's room. Mm-hmm. So they knew. <laughs> They knew. So they knew. <laughs> yeah. So they knew something that we didn't know okay. before we moved in there. Okay. So who's going to play you in the movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No. You got to start thinking that now, okay? <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Somebody has to be you in the movie. I'm telling this is good stuff. This is this is good Halloween stuff. I'm telling you, this is good. <laughs> I could keep you I could keep you on the phone for days well, telling you stories. Oh, oh man, I think I think the the thing for me, okay, and I, I don't know what our listeners may email me later and say, hey, why didn't you ask this? But the thing for me, you feel comfortable enough to stay in the house. You have no issues, and these spirits or ghosts or whatever you want to call them have never, like, pushed you down the stairs or, you know, smacked you in the face or anything. So there's no physical contact between you and the spirit. There's only been one, two two times that there was physical contact. That happened last year during the COVID. I was sound asleep in bed. Mm -hmm. I was sleeping on my side, and my right arm got jerked and pulled me onto my back. Now I wasn't sure if I was in a dream state or not. And I, and I said out loud, you do not have permission to touch me. Don't ever touch me again. Hmm. But I didn't know if I was in a dream state or not. Like I said, I was like, did that really just happen? So I didn't tell my husband. Right. And two days later, he, we were both in bed and he jumped up and he said, something just lifted my leg off the bed. And then that's when I told him, about what had happened to me. Hmm. And at that point, I'm surprised he didn't grab his emergency bag, but he got up in the middle of the night and he was mad and he was yelling, Uh don't you ever touch me or my wife again. Don't you, you know, and was just letting them have the business. 
and that was the last time we were ever touched. Now, on Thanksgiving of last year, I was getting ready to cook dinner, and there was a perfect footprint on my stove. I have a flat top stove. Right. And there was a there was a dust print, and it was smaller than my foot. And I, me being the crime scene investigator I was, I even got my measuring tape out. I took pictures of it. It was a dust print. What's funny about that is that our friend called who set us up with um, the paranormal team that came out to our house. Right. And she she called up and she asked me, it w- was everything okay at the house? Hmm. And I told her what, what was on my stove. And she said, yeah, she, she got in a message that she needed to call me because she's, she's a medium too. So she immediately knew that she needed to call me wow. and find out what was going on. Holy cow. Oh man. Okay. When you say I have pictures of that. Yeah. I was going to say when you, when you say a, a footprint is it a shoe print or a foot. It's with, a shoe print. Okay. And I went through my house and looked at the, the sole. That's the cop in me. I got the sole of every shoe that we have in this house mm-hmm. and put it up next to it. And it, it is nothing like what we have in this house. Right. You've gone back to find out who owned the house before you and who owned it before this person. Have you done all that research? done all that okay I, and okay. no one has stayed in this there was only one couple that stayed in this house for a very long time since this house was built in 1955 mm-hmm. and they stayed here the bulk of the time everybody else who bought the house and owned it only stayed for like a year or two and now i know why yeah yeah they had their emergency bag packed they got they out of sure there. Did. <laughs> they sure did they sure did and i'm like uh that was a and, and another clue should have been is they were trying to sell this house for 120. My husband and I were like, we'll give you a hundred thousand for it. And they were like, okay. Yeah. They like were. no, no negotiation or anything. It was just like gone. They're like, okay. So, we're like, wow, that was easy. It was our first home we ever bought. This is great. Is that how it works? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. I know that now. <laughs> okay. I, here's my final question is uh, for your, this is for your son. Then I'm going to have one for your daughter. For your son, has this affected him in relationships uh, that he's trying to form? No. Okay. All right. And I'll, I'll leave that Because uh, Go ahead. Well, my daughter's not in a relationship, but my husband or my son is, and it has not affected him at all. Like, uh, my son's gay and his his fiance, Josh, he has, they have, they have video cameras in their, their house, so it alerts and they'll get orbs on it. So when he's at work, he works third shift. So in the mm-hmm. middle of the night, he'll see an, an orb will activate their camera. Really? And so that's how they've, he's got video footage of like orbs and, and stuff in their house. And so since his fiance, Josh has seen him, has seen them too. He is, he is a believer. Okay. Well, that's what I was wondering. You know, did, did it affect it in a way that nobody wants to be bothered with this, with your son? But this person has seen it, so they're sticking around, right? <laughs> right. And I, th- I think, like I said, like in this in this day and age, mm-hmm. people are more open to it than right. they were back then. Right. Just because of all the shows that are on TV. Like, if you ask mm-hmm. anybody walking down the street, hey, have you ever seen Ghost Adventures? Like, nine out of ten times are like, yeah, I've seen that. I love that show. Wow. You know, for people who get into paranormal stuff, there's so many people that get into the paranormal nowadays, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you know, like I have friends that I work with who 
go to haunted locations, but right. I don't go to them because I don't want to get an attachment and then bring it home. Right. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah, clearly. Clearly. So now, like I don't I don't go ghost hunting like mm -mm. some of my friends do. They go to these places like the Ohio State Reformatory, that's supposed to be a big one. A lot of people go out there. Mm-hmm. Not me. Not me. That's yeah, not me. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I have enough entertainment at home. Why do I? <laughs> exactly. I don't need to do that. <laughs> exactly. Now, the question for your daughter. After she saw the picture flip off the wall and she got her first taste of it, has she mentioned anything else other than that? No. She thinks that there's something going on in the home that she had bought. She's a cat lover and she rescues cats and she's she's got like four or five of them but she's got one that is very afraid of one of the rooms down in her basement back when she was little she thought we were all crazy right like you guys are crazy she used to laugh at us all the time <laughs> because we would hear and see things and she'd be like i i didn't see it so right i didn't see it so i don't believe it type thing but she since the picture flipping on the wall she is a complete believer mm. Because mm, mm, she can't explain it either, especially when the hook stayed stayed on the wall. Oh, exactly. And it had to come up and off. Right, right. <laughs> well, I tell you what, this is this is Halloween stuff. I'm telling you, but you're living it every day, so every day is Halloween in your house. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> the pumpkins all year long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how would someone go about getting your book? What would they have to do? Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. I just actually slashed the price of it for Halloween. So it's ten ninety nine on Amazon. It was my little Halloween special. So, mm -hmm. so and I'll probably run it. I'll probably run it longer than Halloween. I'll probably run it a little longer than that. But so, um, go ahead. That's uh, Amazon.com. You can find it there. Walking Alone with the Paranormal by Lynn Gottman. Mm, 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 mm. So, it's got a lot of humor in it, too, so it's not, like, all serious, you know, because I am a cop, so oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to throw my cop humor in there. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. So let me ask you, what would you say to someone? This is off the subject here. No, not really. What would you say to a young person who wants to, who's even thinking about becoming a uh, law enforcement officer? What would you say to them? Oh, in this day and age, you need to have some thick skin because mm -hmm. things have changed from 20 years ago mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 not the same we're not very well liked right now <laughs> hmm. it seems like uh, it's a different environment my son wanted to become a police officer and um i'm glad that he's left that dream behind <clears throat> left that dream behind and it's just more dangerous out there now but uh, i'd say if if it's a dream of yours like it was mine don't right. let anybody stand in your way right. you know I say go for it if that's what you want to do, but you have to have thick skin because you're gonna get you're gonna get called names. That's part of the job, though, isn't it? You know. That's what they tell us. Yeah. That's what they tell us, yeah. but you hmm. can't you can't take things personal on this job. Oh no 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 no. Oh God! If we, we took this personal, I'd been gone the first day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the first day I was called a name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I started back in '85. So that's 1985 <laughs> for you young <laughs> listeners out there still doing it, still doing it to this day. And it was funny because wow. my wife and I were watching uh, Dragnet. 
All right. And that's that show was 1968. And um, we're watching that and we said, you know what? They're actually talking about the exact same problems on that show in 1968 that they are right now. And she said, well, that means that the police haven't changed any way that they're doing things. The same issues. And I'm thinking, holy cow, you know, Jack Webb had something going on there, but it's still the same problems, the same things with police that he was trying to get police officers not to do that he still, we're still trying to get them not to do today. You know, that wow. caused problems. I couldn't believe that. We're sitting here and we looked at each other and thought, I, I, this cannot be real. So that, That's crazy when you yeah, think about that. I thought we have gotten no better than, uh, you know, 1968 to now. So we've got to figure out how to do it a little bit different. And, you know, but like you said, it's, it's a tough job, but boy, I loved it. I love, and I love it now. I still love every bit of it, doing it. Oh, I, I still love every bit of what I do. I mean, just the, you know, and being in the crime scene unit is just trying to figure out how this happened, who did it, all, all that stuff, you know. I guess I've been like that all my life. Just right. so hmm. I just love that part of the job and mm-hmm. being hmm. able to figure something out if, you know, and, and not everything is solved by by a crime scene, you know, but it's, I, I just love the puzzling ones. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, the so- total whodunits. Yeah, it's okay. And, and please don't get offended by this this question here. I said I was dumb, but you just brought up another question. <laughs> when you're in the crime scene unit, with all the paranormal that's going on around you, has there ever been a crime scene that you've walked into and went, hey, you can you already know it, or you kind of see it, or there's a clue that no one saw that you saw because of what you've been going through? Do you understand my question, or is that too weird? I, I think so. No, like like they're pointing it out to me. Is that what you mean? Yeah, like, yeah, right. N- no, I've had creepy feelings in places, but I've never, nothing like that, okay. where, like, no, that would be nice. I wish <laughs> I wish that would happen. You know, hey, Lynn, look over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing it. <laughs> And there stands a man. You totally missed it. Yeah. There it is right there in front of your face. He's pointing that at the clue. That would be great because yeah. then, then our homicide closure rate would just be through the roof now. <laughs> okay. All right. Enough joking about it. But, oh, my God. Lynn Gottman, I do appreciate you taking the time out of a busy day to share with us, our listeners, uh, your career and what's going on with you and your family coming up on Halloween. And this is some scary stuff, but... The fact that the fact that you're out there doing it, and like you said, there weren't very many females doing it, but you're in it, you're still in it, and you're in an area of the homicide unit that a lot of people want to get into, but they have no clue once they get in it what they're getting themselves into. Um, oh, yeah. The, the late hours, the, the early, uh, late nights, or the pager or phone going off pager, listen to me. The phone. Yeah, now you're dating yourself with pager. <laughs> I told you, 1985, baby, we all had pagers. <laughs> pagers and afros. That was the way it was going. So, yes. Yeah, so, no, we really appreciate you doing what you do, your career. I'm glad um, you had me. Thank you. And it's, it's been great. This has been unbelievable. Like you said, you could keep me here for hours, but our listeners, I don't know. <laughs> so, once again, the book is Walking. Alone with the Paranormal. paranormal. Walking Along with the Paranormal. And it's the author is Lynn Gottman. That's G-O-T-T-M-A-N-N. And you can get it on Amazon. Can you go into like uh, Borders Bookstore and get it or you have to order it? 
No, right now it is just strictly on Amazon. On Amazon. And it's a special, a Halloween special right now. So you might want to jump on that before this turns into a movie and then you can't even touch the book. <laughs> so. I don't know about all that now. I, you know, I'm competing with the likes of Stephen King. So. Oh, Stephen King's got nothing on this one. I mean, <laughs> Stephen King didn't live it like you're living it. So that's the difference on the whole thing. Wow. Well, you tell your husband to hang in there. Tell him I am with him. <laughs> absolutely i will turn and run i'm with him and uh (laughs) good luck to you and thank you very much for being here Uh, listeners thank you very much for tuning in and uh we will catch you again next week on police pod talk lynn thank you thank you very much thanks again for hanging out with us remember you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on facebook at cleveland jr our police pod talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.